Underdog Podcast from SB Nation and Underdog Dynasty. Football fans, welcome back to another episode of the Underdog Podcast where we talk P6 football for SB Nation's Underdog Dynasty. This is another episode of what we call Joe Talk, and that is me, Joe Serpico. You can find me on Twitter at Joe Serp, and on the other side of the mic, it's my man Joe Broback. What's up, man? You know, I'm sore. Uh, you know what? I'll I'll lead us in this way. Joe just got not two inches, two feet of snow this past weekend, and my man is hurting a little bit. Yeah, it's uh, it's a good workout. You don't need to work out anymore, so I can't really complain there. Well, tell them what you were telling me before we started. About, which, like, which part? About what are you gonna do with the rest of it? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. When you, like, all the snow banks are taller than me, which isn't hard to do when you're short, but still, like, I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do if we get any more snow. I recommended a flamethrower. You recommended a move too, or a move. I mean, move to Maryland. It's not too bad of an idea. Yeah, then I have to deal with two inches instead of two feet. That's what she said. Jeez. Ooh. All right, so kind of apologize that we didn't have an episode last week with the uh thanksgiving festivities kind of uh gotten our way but well honestly there wasn't a whole lot to talk about last week because it's the same thing we're going to talk about this week and that is conference championship game it wasn't decided last week but memphis made it official and that was uh, memphis coming up with that win against cincinnati a 34 24 win which i mean Cincinnati kept it close for the most part, but, I mean, I never, in my eyes, felt that Memphis was really in doubt of this game. I don't know how you feel about that, but now that I feel like we're getting a repeat of this, uh, the only thing that's going to really change is, uh, I'm blanking on his last name, or his first name right now, but his first name was Bryant. Or ben his last Bryant. Name was ben Bryant, excuse me. Yeah, ben Bryant. Uh, he started the last game for the Bearcats, and... I'm going to be honest, he was at least looking a, bit, a little bit better as a passer than what we've seen from Desmond Ritter in recent weeks. Well, it sounds like Ritter's been dealing with some injuries, which I don't know how much that affected him, but clearly he couldn't go. And given the last two weeks where he threw, it was like 70-some yards and 60-some yards, any pretty much anything was going to be an improvement over that. True. Now, did you see that some people thought that they were using that to their advantage as like, okay, say Cincinnati lost that game, um, they could use it to their advantage for the the New Year's Six Bowl, and they could use the fact that Ritter did not play that game, and that would help them out. Because now they're in a situation here where they are ranked behind Boise. So if somehow if Cincinnati manages to win this game against Memphis this week, you know, there's some people out there that feel like, well, that should jump them ahead of Boise once again. I'm on board of saying no. I'm sorry, but I think Boise State, I mean, kind of similar to the argument we had for the past two years, I guess, with uh, UCF. Uh, Boise State's got one last loss in Cincinnati. They're more deserving. Mm-hmm. Well, I was trying to see non-conference schedule was... Boise okay. State played Florida State. Beat Florida State, Marshall. Their only loss was to BYU, I believe, on the road, if I remember right. Well, if you look at 
If you look at common opponents, they both played Marshall. How about that? And BYU or BYU Boise State only won fourteen to seven. Cincinnati won fifty-two to fourteen. That's I don't that know. Arguably, Cincinnati's best game of the year too. And, well, yeah, and Cincinnati played what one, two, three, four ranked teams, whereas Boise State played none. So I could see why people think that Cincinnati should get in. It's kind of tough to justify with, you know, the two losses versus one loss. Because I, I don't like, and we're seeing it in the college football playoff rankings, is they're starting to justify losing over winning. It's like, what's the point of winning if you're, like, it doesn't help you? So you look at, like, Georgia, who lost to South Carolina, who's, I don't know if they're, what, 4-8? and eight? I don't know what their record is, 5-7, and 4-8. and eight. And we just kind of ignore that. It's like, well, why, why do we ignore that? That's part of their that's part of their record. So, you know, if you're looking at Cincinnati versus Boise State, though, you have the 42 zip. Like, you can honestly just get rid of the Ohio State loss because Cincinnati wasn't winning that game anyways. Yeah, they looked terrible, but we knew they were going to lose. And they've been competitive in against Memphis and they've they've won every other game so I don't it's t- I I kind of go back and forth cuz I don't want to justify losing more but at the same time like who like I'll ask you this is Florida State Boise State's best win? Oh, that I mean that's tough because Florida State obviously is not with you know when Boise State put this on their schedule they obviously thought that this win was going to be a lot more. I mean, you, if you think probably, I mean, because we know these that these schedules are made what seven to ten years in advance. Yeah. So when Boise put this on their schedule, literally probably ten years ago, they were like, "All right, we get this win, and this will be enough to jump us in the discussion for maybe." I mean, back then it was the BCS, but you know, now we got this playoff, and they still can't get to the discussion. Even beating Florida State, who has been, I mean, let's be honest, historically one of the best teams in college football, and it's still not enough for them to be, uh, where they, they're 19th in the rankings. Yeah. And I I mean, I can, I mean, I could really go, some of these rankings I don't understand. I mean, one, I mean, there's a three loss Michigan team and a three loss Auburn team ahead of these one loss teams. Yeah. And well, and, Speaking of that, what what was Alabama ranked 10th? They are 12th. 12th. Can you tell me who who's Alabama's best win this year? Ooh. Uh, I don't even know at this point because it was supposed to be Auburn, but they didn't win that game. They went. They didn't win the game. They. Their oh, so their best win is against Texas A&M, who's a three or four loss team. Yes, they're eight and four. Mm-hmm. But they but they have two good losses. It's 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 that kind of logic. Like if you look at Alabama, they've lost, they have two losses to Archon, number two LSU and number fifteen at the time Auburn. So do you since they haven't beat anybody, do you do you reward them for losing to good competition, or do you give a team that actually beat teams? I don't know. I mean, we've what we've done this argument now for three years with the conference. It just the disrespect is obvious. 
There's no reason that Memphis, who's sitting there at number 17, should not be ahead of Iowa has three losses. Michigan has three losses. Auburn has three losses. Am I saying if they played on a neutral field, would they beat them? Maybe. But just because they have that one loss, that gives them every right to be ahead of those teams. I mean, the lo- I mean, if we just use the logic, even I, I don't know, 10, 15 years ago, if you went undefeated, you were going to be at least in the discussion of the top five. Now you're not even in that discussion. Yeah, it's tough when Memphis loses to an 8-4 and four Temple team. I think that's the hardest part is you're not lo- you didn't lose to a ranked team. You lost to a in uh, like an okay team. Oh, well, okay, let's just let's backtrack to last week before Cincinnati loses to Memphis. They're still sitting there. It's what 15, uh, 16, 17. I'm not sure exactly where they were last week. They should still be a top ten team when your only loss is to to what we've seen on the field this year, Ohio State. The way they're just blowing teams out, they might be the best team. Yeah, well, then it goes into, we were talking about this before, is if, say that you have an expanded playoff, and I've seen, you see a lot of different takes on this, but there's a lot of people who say the group of five needs to have an automatic spot in there, but, like, does Memphis deserve to be in an A-team playoff right now? Like, they would just get destroyed by either LSU or Ohio State, right? Give yeah, a play the game. Well, right, I'm, I agree with that, but I, I, you know, I'm just one of those. So, like, we saw the the FCS literally. What was I think it was yesterday? They came out with their playoff bracket, and guess what? The first round of that, a bunch of teams got blown out. Why is it no big deal in the FCS, but such a big deal in the FBS? Yeah, what are we afraid? Know. What are we afraid to get these teams crushed on national TV? Don't sign up for it, then. Drop down FCS. Well, like we already have, like we already have four teams, and to only look at two. That, look at that game last year. Look at that championship game last year. It was a team that got blown out. Right. Anybody don't want to see that? I mean, I mean, it's not going to happen this year. But nobody would have argued if we would have saw them play each other again this year. Well, and that like that doesn't make it like I, I don't like the argument of oh well. Clemson blew at Alabama, so we got – or so-and-so beat so-and-so, so we got the right teams. It's like, well, yeah, if you just take the results. But if you – like 2014, which was the first year, like you can't you can't use results for that to say, oh, well, we got it right because they're not in a playoff. Playing a bowl game is different than playing in the playoff. So leaving Baylor and TCU out doesn't make it the right decision because Baylor lost to Michigan State and, like – TCU blew out whoever they played. So it's like, well, I don't know. I just don't like when people use logic that doesn't make any sense. I am i can't remember the exact ranking for UCF last year going into their bowl game against LSU. But as far as I remember, that wasn't a blowout. No. Well, uh, and that, that was a respect. You know what I mean, that would have been a respectable game in the playoff. And right. After LSU won that game, I mean, that kind of like started the domino effect of what we're seeing now. LSU has, is, is undefeated right now, arguably one of the top two teams in the country. Um, the whole magic that is Joe Burrow, we talked about it a couple of weeks ago. I mean, if it wasn't for Joey Connor almost literally taking his freaking head off and Burrow getting up and just playing lights out afterwards, I mean, he, he almost put a new charge in that kid, it seems like. Right, the way he got lit up. 
But it just, I don't know, that just to me is like just further proves the argument. Like the G5 can keep up with these teams. Now, counter argument obviously is look what Cincinnati did when they played Ohio State this year, obviously. That's, right. the, that's you know, that's what the counter argument always is going to be. But, I mean, we've seen it time and time again. You never know what's going to happen until you play on that on that Saturday. And a championship team, if I, I'm person, I don't know. I kind of want to see it like the basketball. You know, if you not say you win your conference tournament because you know that whole that can get stupid sometimes. Where a team that won like two conference games somehow makes it an NCAA championship game. But in football, it's impossible for that to happen. Right. Like another team that we haven't even mentioned yet, but like App State, if they go one loss this year. They have every right to go in a championship game or a playoff game, I should say. Granted, I think they would get crushed. If you say they were the A team and played LSU, yeah, LSU would just wipe the floor with them. But so what? Those small schools should have the same opportunity to market themselves. Like we see some of these random bowl games that don't even matter. Like, put these one loss, you know, give them a reward for having an undefeated season as opposed to, I mean, at this point now, App State, Boise State, well, those two could be the most, are the most likely. But one of those one loss teams is just playing some crappy bowl game that doesn't matter whatsoever. Yeah, and it's, well, and then here's the other thing is, like, for the people that say, oh, we want it to be an elite thing, we want the playoffs to be elite teams only, well... You're not even guaranteeing that with four teams right now because only two of the ten semifinal games that we've watched have been decided by one score. So how tell me how that's elite and that you got it right. Like that doesn't make it right just because oh well the national champion won like yeah, Clemson won and they were probably the best team last year, but that doesn't mean that the four teams that were selected were right. I mean, Clemson almost lost a couple games last year, and they almost lost to North Carolina this year. But if they win the national championship, like, oh, that's the right – is it, we picked the right teams. I'm like, that doesn't mean they can't lose. How about Dabo trying to make them, like, this huge underdog too? Yeah, well, whatever. I, You know, he can do whatever he wants, but he, he kind of has a point. But at the same time, it's like, yeah, it's the same thing with UCF. Like, you didn't play anybody. Who did they play this year? Texas A&M, just like Alabama. The difference is they're undefeated. The other one's not. Right. Well, and UCF went undefeated, and but they didn't play anybody. But apparently that's good enough for Clemson to get in to the top four. But UCF just struggles to crack the top ten. I mean, that kind of brings it back to the argument I was saying earlier. Like, literally, when Boise was doing this a couple of years ago. At least we saw Boise State in that top five. Now it's almost as if like they're purposely keeping a G5 team out of even the top ten because they don't even want them to be close to the discussion for the playoff. Yeah. Well and that's why like I'm it kind of, to me like I don't wanna I don't I don't feel like a G five team deserves an automatic spot because like Look at it, 2010 or 2011, whatever year that was. UConn was the best team at eight and four, and then it got destroyed by Florida State. So it's like I don't feel like they deserve a spot just because they're the best G5 team. That sounds so weird for you to say UConn, right? 
<laughs> but you know what I mean? Like, just because I don't, I, I just, I, I want the G5 to be included, but like, only if they deserve it. Like, I'm not going to just throw any G5 team in there just because they deserve to have a spot. But no, I, no, I agree. I mean, so that's when it gets dicey, you know. So like, how many G5 teams you do include? Because this year we're looking at the possibility of there being three one-loss G5 teams. And so the, I guess really your argument is okay. So you put the top five, you put the five conference champions from the P5 plus those three. But as we're seeing from these rankings, that uh, right now we got two SEC teams. One might get knocked. I mean, it, it's just crazy. But yeah, I'm with you. The the G5 definitely should be in discussion. At least give them an opportunity. You know what I mean, like like we were talking about, they get blown out. So what? How many of right. these blow, how many of these bowl games are blowouts? Right. Well, and all these people that are saying, like, oh, we, it needs to be elite and we need to keep it at four. We don't need to expand. Like, it, one, expansion is going to happen because money runs the world and there, more games means more money. And those same people that are saying we should keep it at four, like, they're, they're going to watch the games. So, really, they're supporting expansion because they're not going to just tune out. They're going to watch the games. So, it doesn't matter what they think if they want to keep it at four. I don't know. And the other argument is, you know, they need to figure out what the 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 big bowl games because there's the, you know the six big ones so they would have to expand on that. And they would figure that out. They would find a way to make all that work. The scheduling can be done. It's, it's, it's all not BS. hard. Yeah, you know, if you got to start the week or the season one week earlier, like and we already have a week zero, that doesn't even mean crap. Like or even get rid of the conference championship games like who cares that's a bold argument right there those games well it's like like the ac is the perfect example memphis is better than cincinnati we already saw that we don't need to play another game to you know like you you know just because you played once doesn't mean you deserve another shot just because you lost especially in this circumstance where it's literally they're playing back to back like it almost just kind of seems pointless, right? It, yeah, and it's just I don't. I mean, so then like Cincinnati wins this week, say that happens. Does that? What does that mean? Like it, it means it we don't know who the champion is right. in this conference. Right. It's just it doesn't make any. You're telling me like one week makes a huge difference, or like when Alabama got in the playoff after not winning, they you know they lost to Auburn and then Auburn lost to Georgia and then Alabama gets in the playoff like. They had their shot. Why did they deserve another chance? Football's all... It's a, there's a reason why you only play so many games in football, whereas, you know, like basketball, baseball, and hockey, they all have series in their playoffs, and football's one game. It's like, if you if you have a shot, like Alabama had their shot, Cincinnati had their shot, and they, they didn't win. Why, they don't deserve another shot. They had it. And you lost. It's tough luck. I mean, yeah, it sucks, but that's just too bad. <laughs> Move on. <laughs> well, we were saying before we started, but next year, I mean, it would still be the case. But you're not going to see where it's East versus West. So you wouldn't really have this scenario like we had last week where you know, Cincinnati's coming into that game already knowing that they won the conference. So that could have changed that game last week. And maybe, you know I'm trying to think in my head. We would still have this game regardless, right? Yes. 
yes, we would still have this game regardless. But moving forward, you know, I mean, when it comes to the conference, we're going to see some of these, you know, traditional AAC West games and AAC East games that were, you know, almost rivalries, I guess you could say, they're going to disappear. And we're not going to, we might not see Houston versus Memphis every year. We not might not see Houston versus SMU every year. Uh, just because now that we're going to 11 teams, and thank God UConn is gone. By the way, can we talk about that for half a second? Goodbye. Good riddance. Yeah, what a terrible, like, not terrible, could have been worse, but just, like, very uneventful way to exit. Well, they were beating Temple for a while. I was a little bit scared about that. I know. I was, was going to send you something, like, what is going on with your team? But then the next time I looked, it was, like, 42-17. Yeah, basically, the same here. I was just like, uh, should I be worried? Then I look. Again, I'm like, nah, that shouldn't be. It's just UConn. But yeah, yeah, good riddance to UConn. So we can put that on this podcast too. Bye bye. Bye bye. See to... ya. Never. We don't, we don't need to talk about you guys anymore. Good who riddance. Gonna, who are we gonna bash on next year? ECU. Um. Whoa, 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 whoa. whoa. USF. Okay, I can get on board with that. Oh, God. I guess I just mentioned them for a second. We'll talk literally a few minutes about Charlie Strong getting fired. Bye-bye. See you later, sucker. I mean, doesn't surprise me whatsoever. I think hey, we, a... we talked about that potential being for, what, a month almost at this point. Yeah. I don't know. I like Charlie. I don't think he's, you know, it's not one of those, like, I'm glad he's gone. Because he seemed like a good dude, but he just wasn't getting it done. The people so, of Tampa are glad he's gone. I know, but you know, here's the here's the thing. Last year it was the old coordinator, and if they got a new old coordinator, like it would solve all their problems. And then it's in, like it's injuries here and injuries. You know, just there's certain people that just like they'll make any excuse other than maybe they're just not a good football team. Maybe they're not a good football team. Like Houston wasn't a good football team. I'll tell you that much. Yeah, uh, they had injuries year. and they had like they, they were dealing with a bunch of stuff, but they just weren't a good football team. You All ever right, think well, about that? Like maybe all yeah. groundbreaking stuff. They're not a good football team. They really weren't. It's just like I don't know. Let's hit that for a second too. So they've already got, I believe it was Isaiah Chambers already announced that he was transferring out yeah. of the program. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if you feel the same way as I do, but I think he's the first of many. I think a lot of what happened down in Houston rubbed people the wrong way, not just in Houston, but nationally as well. So I think he's going to be the first of many. I don't know what your thought is about that. Well, it's it's you're going to have that like everywhere. It doesn't matter where you are. If you have a new coaching staff, there's going to be a handful of guys that are that they just don't fit with the new coaching staff or they just want a new opportunity because they just, it may not even have anything to do with the coaching staff at all. But I'm not really surprised that – I was surprised that he wasn't used as much this year because I thought he was going to have a good year. But clearly that wasn't the case. But I, I don't know. It you know Dana had his end-of-the-year press conference, and he said that they have like 35 kids that redshirted this year that are coming back. And then they're going to have like 20 kids, 20 freshmen or something like that. So they're going to have a ton of guys playing. So even if a handful of guys do leave, they're still going to have plenty of talent to work with. Yeah, I agree with the what you said about 
basically after that first year when a new coach comes in, I mean, you always see an influx of players disappear. I mean, Temple's seeing some of it too right now. Kenny Yaboa already announced that he's going to transfer, and he kind of was a key cog for them at the end of the season. But, yeah, I mean, I just think with – I don't know. Some people are not too happy with how Houston played. I mean, if you're on that Houston team, there are people on that team who certainly think that they quit on this season. Chambers might be one of those guys. I mean, he'll never probably tell us openly, but I have a feeling that we're going to see more and more, especially coming out of Houston. Because, I mean, if you're a senior on that team, well, I guess I should put it this way. If you're a junior, because if you're a senior, you're done. But if you're a junior, I mean, that has to rub you the wrong way. Like, hey, we're going to tank this year, basically, just to try to win next year. Because, I mean, okay, we've talked about it numerous times. Their schedule this year was difficult. We knew that coming into this year that, I mean, getting even eight wins is going to be a struggle. We didn't expect it to be this bad, obviously. But, like, we've already talked about next year's schedule is a little bit lighter. But it still doesn't guarantee, like, I mean, you can't even guarantee, though, that they're going to win the conference next year. No. So what, you know what I mean? So like what is the you know, what is the ultimate goal by redshirting all these guys? Well, I guess if you look at it on the other end though, like if you're if you get a new coaching staff and you have the spring and the summer to learn a new offense, are you going to be as good as like we'll use Derek King as the example. He's he's been the starter for a year and a half. So if he kept the same coaching staff, he would have a firm grasp on the offense. He would know the ins and outs. And you could argue that he'd play better because he knows what he's doing and he can make checks a little bit more comfortably. Whereas now he gets Dana's system and he has a spring and summer to learn it. And then the first four games don't go as well. Yeah, you could argue that he's quitting on the team, but you could also make the argument that he's trying to get better So he gives his team a better chance to win. Because I guarantee you, if they start winning football games next year, even if they don't win the conference, like people are gonna be okay that he sat out. They'll look at it as he sat out to make the team better, not he sat out to be selfish. uh, So my counter to that is: Are you really making the team better? But I mean, that one year you're not better. So what are you getting? You know, what are you making better? I guess maybe, you know, you're setting the foundation for Holgerson. But if you're king, like we've talked about a lot, like other than if he thinks that this is going to help him out moving forward with his NFL career, uh, it's kind of a dicey move. Yeah, but when you're – Derek King's maybe 21, 22 years old. When you're, when you're between that 18 and 23 range, like a year is a big difference. Your body's still, especially when you're coming out of high school, obviously there's exceptions, but when you're coming out of high school, your body is still growing. A lot of these kids come into college and they put on a lot of muscle when they get here. So, And then they have to learn a new game and adapt. So it, you you can make the argument that he is getting better because he's given himself a year to develop. And I mean, he's really only been a full-time quarterback for one season. So you just you give him more time to become a better quarterback. I don't see an issue with that. I don't know. That's the thing. It, it, 
to bring it back to what I was saying about Chambers, like we don't know what's going on in the. I mean, we're not there every day, so we don't know what's going on inside there. But we had the case. Uh, I'm blanking on the kid's name, but the offensive lineman that came out and just blasted Dana. Oh, Justin Murphy. That's what I, I had a feeling his last name was Murphy, but I couldn't remember his first name. Um, no, he came out with you know that that whole spiel basically, and you know, there's all these other rumblings. You know, I, I'm going to be curious to see what happens down there in Houston these next couple weeks because yeah, we'll we know that we know that transfer portal is already getting warm, mm-hmm. and it's going to get hot once we get into uh, bowl season a little bit after that. Well, Felipe Franks and Jake Bentley said they're transferring. Felipe might go pro, but they said they're tra- they might transfer. Yeah. So that's like you already got two kind of big names in there. So it's we'll and probably I, do for a few more. That's what I mean. I feel like there's gonna be you know quarterbacks to you know, from backup quarterbacks to big time programs that we don't know about now who are gonna be stars in a year or two. I mean, you always see that. I mean, a couple of years ago, did we really expect Brady White to be? You know, one of the nation's leader in passing, probably not. Yeah, I don't. I mean, I mean, we expect him to be solid, but do we expect him to be like this? I don't think so. I mean, you always see cases like that. You know, some of these guys, when they go to a different program, they really start to light it up. Hopefully, yeah, a couple know. of those guys end up in the American. We'll see. USF could use a bunch of them. <laughs> A whole lot of them. All right, I guess let's dive a little bit deeper into uh, this championship game because, I mean, that's really all we got to talk about until next week we can talk uh, bowl season and that Army-Navy game, which, man, by the way, Army-Navy game, I think coming in this year we would have had the complete opposite records in our head. Yeah, for each team. Yeah, I mean, complete opposite. I would have figured the uh, Army would have been the team that's coming into this game nine and two, a Navy of five and seven. Mm-hmm. And I laid major duds on my over under picks this year. Major duds. I think I got like three right. Oops. Yeah, Cyrus got a bunch right though. <laughs> Shout out to him for being way better than me this year. Yeah. <laughs> Finally. But yeah, like I said, conference championship game. It's a repeat of this past week. It is now number 20, Cincinnati. Take it on number 17, Memphis. Game's at 3.30 Saturday. It's on ABC. Um, according to the ESPN app, Memphis is a nine-point favorite. I saw literally earlier today that Memphis was an 11-point favorite, which was the same spread as last week, which Memphis... Did not cover, but I mean the line does make sense. I guess the the minor adjustment takes into effect that Desmond Ritter is playing. Last week he was not, but I personally don't. I mean from what we've seen from Ritter the past you know, month, you know, it's been kind of shaky. And then I guess you know they're saying there was an injury for it, so that was the reason why they held him out last week. But from everything. I'm still not sold on this Bearcats team, even though they only have uh, two losses on the season. Uh, just how they've played these past couple, uh, I don't want to say, this past month between the game against USF, uh, ECU, uh, even barely squeaking by against Temple. And then I give them credit. 
I thought Memphis was going to blow them out last week. You know, they kind of hang tough in there for a while. But I still don't see anything changing this week. Like you said earlier, I, I think Memphis already proved that they're the conference champion. I just hope that you know, last week's win doesn't make them come into this game kind of too relaxed and they blow it. Because at this point, I just want to see Memphis. Memphis, in my eyes, is the best G5 school. I don't even think it's close. Boise, no. in my yeah, no, like no, you do agree or you don't agree? No, I I agree with you. I Memphis is they're they're the best. And, yes. Well, I think, then, offensively, it, I think there's it's not even close. Like Boise cannot put the firepower in the field that Memphis does. Right. And I uh, so I'm not sure where uh, Boise is at this point, but literally a couple of weeks ago they were down to their second and third string quarterback. I know they've been dealing with injuries. So, give me Memphis all day. In my eyes, there's no reason why I shouldn't be Memphis in there. If they lose this game, because we got no choice. You see the Broncos in there, but I mean, from everything we've seen, you know, you know, there's some people that will still say Memphis shouldn't have lost that game to Temple because of that one play. I don't remember if you remember that play. That controversial call where you know some say Magnifico caught it, some say he didn't, but a lot of people point to that one play being right. Yeah, he caught it. Why. I don't care what you say. I agree with it too, but I was happy at the time as the right. tough guy. But um, yeah, which is you know, that—that's the difference right now for Memphis being an undefeated team, and we're not even having this this discussion. They could probably lose this game, and they're still in. But yeah, my alma mater had to mess that up a little bit mess things up yeah and well i don't understand why the line isn't just 10 because that was this that was the score it was a 10 point win for memphis so why isn't it just 10 maybe they think desmond Ritter's worse than ben bryant by to make it a point different but it shouldn't just be 10 like don't don't doubt vegas man they always know it's this it's the same location everything is literally the same except There's, for the no, quarterback there is an extra day of preparation, right? Is there? Oh, yeah, they played on Friday. Yeah, they played on Friday. Whatever, it should still be 10. I mean, I still agree with that. I don't understand that at all. It should be exact. It should be 10. Well, last, like I said, last week it was 11, so I guess uh, Ritter gives them a one, one point? I don't, I don't know. doesn't make any sense to me. Yeah. But I just, like I said, I just don't see... No, unless... The duo of Warren and Dokes could manage to pop off a couple big plays. Which they can. Memphis' which, defense isn't exactly elite. Exactly. But, like, I'm not – I mean, I'm going to be honest. Brian impressed me a little bit last week. Um, oh, this makes you wonder well, uh, how he's the backup to Ritter just because what we have seen from Ritter this past – I mean, we've seen Ritter with games where he's thrown under 50% multiple times. Yeah. So, you know, I can understand, okay, if he was injured, okay, I could I could see why that was happening. But when you have a kid like Brian, I mean, who, who showed against Memphis, who we just said is the best G5 team, he can almost keep him in a game. Uh, I mean, we're not there seeing practice every day, but I don't know. It just seemed like a move that they could have made a long time ago. Maybe that helps them in this discussion, whereas this, instead of struggling against all those teams I mentioned earlier. Yeah, well, and... The other thing is, 
I really am looking forward to watching Memphis offense and Cincinnati's defense go at it again. But just Memphis just has too many weapons for like Cincinnati can't keep up in a shootout. They just can't. They don't, I mean, not even just the quarterback. They just don't have the offense to to score that many points. And that's why I think honestly, Memphis with all those offensive pieces, they could really keep up with anybody. I mean, yeah, not, they're not, not reliant like, upon one guy. I mean, Kenneth exactly. Gainwell's had like, you know, he's he's obviously exploded and been a key guy, but you you look at like even the SMU game. I think Gainwell had like sixty yards total in that game or something like that, and it was Antonio Gibson and Demonte Coxey that were taking over. So it's like they have, and then you talk about Joey Magnifico. Like you have so many guys that you don't just need to rely on one guy to win you the game. Yeah, and now they're they're getting a healthy Patrick Taylor back, and he's yeah. running hard right now. So I mean, they've they've got pieces, especially on offense, especially just tail half the season. I I really think like if I saw an LSU Memphis game, I would think that's going to be a shootout. Like who wouldn't want to see that in a potential right. playoff game? Yeah, that's what I don't understand. Is people are like, I only I only want to watch. Georgia and LSU play. It's like why, why you don't want to watch? Even you look at two years ago with UCF. Like you're telling me you wouldn't you wouldn't want to watch UCF in the playoff, and people are always like, "Well, they didn't play anybody." I'm like, it doesn't matter. Like, look how entertaining they are. Oh yeah, they can run up with they can run the score with anybody. I'm not like I don't buy into a brand just because oh well it's it's LSU or oh it's Alabama. It's like if they don't play good football or it's not fun to watch, I'm not watching. I don't care who it is. That'll that's going to be the problem until they expand. And I do think expansion is inevitable. I think we've talked about how you know a lot of these teams when they're doing their scheduling you know, 10 years down the road, kind of like I was talking about earlier, but like they're doing their scheduling with more than one good conference game, out of conference game, I should say. Right. Uh, so I think they have, you know, they have that mentality. It's like, hey, we got to beef up our schedules because that day is coming. And you and have hopefully to. it is coming. It, uh, yeah. It, it makes all the sense in the world. Right arguments the you know the stupid arguments between uh, injury and safety or how do you make the schedule work trust me they'll figure it out sports always figure that crap out i know it's like people if people who I make feel like the arguments more against money yeah right and it's i think people just like to make their argument work they're just like they, it's like they ha- think stupid people are putting everything together and like, yeah, there's, it's not going to be a perfect system, but like, it's not it's not that hard to put together when you have the right people doing it, and the people who would be scheduling it would know what they're doing. So it's not like expansion is this impossible task that no one can figure out. I mean, they figured out how to do four. Why can't they figure out? You know what I mean? It's it's really not that hard to nope. come up with the solution to this. They will just find excuses after excuses. Just like the NCAA finds excuses for our players not to get paid for their name and likeness yet. Right. Always some BS behind that. All right, I guess this is a uh, – it's going to be a short version since we only got one game to talk about. 
Anything else you wanted to dive into before we wrap this one up? Nah, man, this weekend's gonna be fun. I'm gonna be uh, gonna be curious to see how this playoff actually ends up. I'm sure when we talk next week, we'll be complaining about something. Well, yeah, we always do. All we yeah. do is complain and say that your team is no good, but your team is no good. So my team is no good, and your team's eight and four. Yeah, I'll take that. Coming in this year, I didn't see that coming, so I'll take eight and four seasons. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I did not see that coming either. So uh, I didn't know what we were gonna get this year. So I will cannot complain. <laughs> now we just got to see what happens next year. Mm-hmm. All right, I guess on that note, we will wrap up this episode of the Underdog Podcast. Please follow us on Facebook, Twitter. And leave us reviews however you're listening to this episode. And until next week, when we know our conference champion, thanks for listening to our Joe Talk.